Welcome to the Braveheart Ministries podcast. In this episode, join Peter Lewis as he shares on the mystery of the gospel to the resident students at Upper Room Dallas. For more information on Braveheart Ministries or Peter's latest book, Back to the Gospel, visit BraveheartMinistries.org. I just encourage you, whatever that thing is in your heart and mind that always seems to nag you, maybe even it's just present now when when there's stillness, uh, just remind yourself that Jesus is Lord over that. And and go ahead and say it. It could be finances. Jesus, you're Lord over my finances. Jesus, you're Lord over my past. Jesus, if you're afraid of the future, Jesus, you're Lord of my future. If you're afraid of, of you know, just anxiety about uh, a spouse, Lord Jesus, you're, you're Lord over my spouse, my future spouse. Whatever it is, just, just tell them, Jesus, you're Lord over that. Just use your, use your word. You don't have to say it super loud and obnoxious, but just acknowledge in your heart to the Lord. Come on, let's just take a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just do work right now. Just, just, just remind. Just put yourself underneath His lordship. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. You may well believe it in your heart, but the Bible says that you there's something about confessing it with your mouth. I just encourage you with that. Something about saying it out loud so that you can hear yourself say it. Amen? Amen. You know, that's a practical for me. Um, You know, the Lord told me one time, he said, you know, any area that you're anxious or fearful, it's just an area that you've become Lord of your life in that area. Right? It it could be your past. It could be anything. If it's your finances, you've, you've inserted yourself as the supreme top level. That's why you get anxious in your heart. Because it all depends now on you. The weight of that situation then hinges on, on you, right? So the beauty of making Jesus Lord is that you put him and all of his affection and power and willingness over that area and you come into number two. And now you're not in charge. You're just, you're just surrendered. You're in relationship and it's much more better. Amen? Um, I remember it was a couple of years ago. I won't say who it was because you would know him. He was, in, he was in class, and it was about three weeks in. I don't know if you'll remember this. And he, and he sat in the back, and he just had this puzzled look on his face. Grew up in the church, did ministry school. And he goes, I feel like my whole foundation is being bulldozed. <laughs> and, and there was a sense of sorrow. There was a sense of, like, sadness to it. But there was also a sense of relief and kind of like, okay. And, and I... And I realize sometimes it can be that, right? Like, because it's real, it's a lot. And especially this format, like just, you know, and I felt like it was Thursday already. Like we've done, we've talked and, and covered a lot. But um, I just want to give you guys grace. Like Nicole's saying, like there's a lot to unpack. Um, and everyone in this room's at a different spot. And um, don't feel like you have to. I'm, I, I said it at the end of yesterday. You guys were so tired, you probably didn't hear it. But I was like, it can feel like this big mountain that you're like, oh my gosh, this is big. And, and it's, 
it's kind of meant to be that way, but I just want to give you guys grace that this will be a process that unfolds over the next weeks, months, years, um, and hopefully, hopefully this book, hopefully uh, this class will provoke you in the word and in your time with him that working on that is just a renewing of your mind that takes place over a period of time and in community, that you don't have to get it. I, I want to take that pressure off as like you may have left and go, I don't know if I got it. There's no it, really. Does that make sense? You're not trying to accomplish some mental thing. It's just a, it's a process of your mind being renewed. So hopefully today, because um, I, I grew up in the Bible church, non-denominational, didn't know about the Holy Spirit. That's my background. And I am so thankful for my upbringing. I really am. I'm thankful that I was Bible church. Like, man, we, we taught to value the word. And even the construct that I grew up in, I've learned to value it and see where it fits in the whole and just acknowledge, man, it wasn't, for me, I just have the, and it's been a long, probably 10 year plus journey of me in this, asking these questions, but I've learned to go, you know what? It's not either or, I just see where it fits in the picture. And even, even this, like there's no, there's no fullness. It's not like, oh, now this is it, neatly packaged, here's, here's the gospel, no, this is like a feeble attempt. Like I said, we're all, all of us collectively, any, any man or man of woman of God that says, okay, I've got it. This is it. Let me tell you, I would just be careful. Like I, I don't, there's so much, I'll look back in this in five years and go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? You know, like there's some stuff in here. I'll be like, oh my gosh, that's because it evolved. God is so big. You're going to spend eternity and he's unveiling himself, different sides of himself, and we're going to go for eternity. So he's so vast, there is going to be this next layer of God saying, hey, here's another side of me that's so beautiful, that's so amazing, that kind of blows your mind because you thought this was the most beautiful part, right? Um, But I can relate to that, and so I just want to give you grace, and if you're where Ruth's at, like, have grace. Have grace. Don't, Don't try to move past where you are just be where you're at let God process you don't compare yourself to other people in the room any of that okay you know I got a question I got an email question that was really good um it was about relationship and um asking is it only about relationship and it was a good question and I want to I want to speak to that because sometimes it it can be this start of the class is very one-sided it's very single focused because it's it's the foundation that relational connection covenant identity it's foundational to us carrying out the works of God Ephesians 2:10 says that we were we were his workmanship created in Christ for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So in your new creation, in this place with God, you're actually created to work for him. Paul said, and he goes, man, I labored, I labored harder than every single one of these, these missionaries. But he said this, but he goes, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. So every time you, you kind of peel the hood back on, on the heart of Paul, who was the most wheels off, he would make, we would call Paul religious. If he stood here today and taught this class, you'd go, dude, you're, you're, you're religious, man. You're too intense. You realize how, like, I, I've thought about this before. 
If you read Paul's letters, he lived with an urgency to his life because he thought, check this out, he actually believed Christ was coming back. It's in all his letters. He's like, guys, hang on. I know you're going through hell right now. He's like, but he's coming back, so just keep the good fight of faith. Keep going. Come on, guys. He's coming back. Man, we got to keep working. We got to keep going to the lost, the Gentiles, to preach the unsearchable riches because he's coming. And if he realized, if he came back and was like, okay, whoa, here, here I'm at. How much time has elapsed since I've been on the earth? <gasps> he would have this like, y- you would feel uncomfortable being around him, I assure you. You'd be really uncomfortable. And your whole world would kind of, it would shift. And, and I, I feel like we need some of that in the church. I feel like we, we can get too much about us and our own lives. And so I, I'm saying this, this whole thing can feel like a double-edged sword. We, he wants us in this place of rest. Paul said, you peel back the hood of his heart. And he says, man, I count all of this stuff that I knew I count it all as, as, as rubbish. He uses a different word. I count it all as rubbish. He says, for the surpassing worth of knowing God. Christ Jesus, my Lord. So this knowing will produce a work. So this whole first, like, four days is about knowing. And the problem is, is I believe in Western Christianity, there are a lot of obstacles in false beliefs about God and about ourselves that keep us from knowing him. They, they're like sacred cows that stand in the way of us enjoying face-to-face intimacy with God, and the gospel removes those. It puts you and connects you back with God, and this is my heart. If you want to know, like, why do, why do you do... I want... I ultimately want this. You don't, I don't talk a lot about this. I, my heart ultimately is to turn every single one of you into the most like burning on fire evangelist for Jesus, like wheels off, like you don't care. I don't share, I don't, you haven't heard me share stories about stuff in my life because what happens when I start talking about this and the stuff I'm doing as a result of this, you start comparing It's, I just see it. If all I talked about was what I'm doing because of who I know, you, you would just start comparing. You're like, I'm not doing those works. And, and guilt and shame and condemnation would flood in this room and you would shut down and you would just, you would, yeah. And so we will talk about this. But I want to talk about this first. Does that make sense? This is really important. Um, because this is the foundation to everything. This is, how, this is how you're going to be able to do this and not burn out. People talk about burnout. I don't, that's weird, right? It's not normal. Burnout's not normal. Letting your heart get burnt out's not normal if you know this, if you can stay in this. Now, I get it. I, I say it's not normal. We, this, is, this can be hard, like the tide of life. I've got four kids now. No one taught me how to know God having four kids and a wife and a ministry. That's hard. It's hard to fight for this, and God keeps bringing me back to this because what people see in my ministry is this. They're like, what are you doing? You realize the pressure in ministry? People want to know, what are you doing? And if I don't have a value for this, this is going to be hollow and empty. 
So I don't, I don't know what the good works are that God's called you to do. It's gonna be different. Some of it'll be the same, but, but this whole, everything is about this. And so identity, covenant, all that stuff, it fits into knowing God. You ever read that in Psalm 23? He says he makes us lie down. Everything else is about his, he leads, he leads, but the one is like, you know, he makes me lie down because we don't wanna lay down. We don't. No one wants to just lay down by the still waters and just be like, oh, this is nice. Like, it sounds nice, and we put it on pillows. It's the most tormenting thing when God makes you lay down. You're like, but I'm not doing anything for you. He's like, sit down, you know? And he just binds you in that place. And so, man, yes. And I think, Annette, you were alluding to that, right? Like, that place of rest and relationship. And if you can get there and you can get satisfied there, look out. Because the enemy, man, he, he's a, he'll just accuse people to you. Like, I guarantee you, some of you have heard the accusation of the enemy about someone in this class in the last three weeks. They asked maybe a question that rubbed you wrong. Maybe they talked too much. And you're like, mm, I can't believe they're talking so much. And, and that's, not, that's not you. And then you maybe even judge your, however sensitive your heart is. If you didn't discern, wow, that was the enemy just bang, you, you're now, you're kind of like, you just kind of stay away from that person because there's a little bit of mm, in your heart. So yeah, you don't necessarily have to go talk to that person, but like he said, that's your own filter. Learn to filter that through Jesus and his lens. And so hopefully uh, this does that. I'm, I'm dealing with an issue in, a, in another church and there's a, a guy who's a leader and or he's like a lay, lay leader and they're just trying to discern whether or not to empower him or not to empower him. And the Lord gave me the parable of the barren fig tree. You'll know that story in Luke 13 where the guy's like, hey, I've looked for fruit on this thing for three years and it's not there. And he's like, just let me dig around it and put some crap on it, some manure, and see if we can't get it to bear fruit. And if it doesn't in a year, then go cut it down. And I feel like sometimes we should do that in our relationships. You're looking at your relationships and people next to you that aren't bearing fruit, and you're ready to cut them down. And you're like ready to just, you know, let's just be done with it. And I just, I don't know, I felt to share that with just this group for someone that don't, maybe instead of take the posture of the, the person who wants to cut it down, take the posture of the intercessor that says, you know what, I wonder if I dug around and put some work into this thing and actually believed it was a fig tree and that it could bear good fruit, and to put a little work into that, I wonder if, if that we could then fix this thing instead of just being quick and go, you know what, this thing for three years has not borne any fruit. I'm cutting it down. And some of you do that with your own heart. You do that with yourself. You're like, man, I'm, I haven't had any good fruit and I've struggled with this for this and that. And you're just ready to, there's that self-hatred thing going on. You gotta cut that out. You're a good tree, okay? Some of you need to hear that. You're a good tree and you're gonna bear good fruit. All right, so this class may feel like a little manure's coming on and some digging, you know? For real, you feel, the, you feel the manure, it smells bad. This is a great analogy. There's digging, it's painful. There's like digging up. Abby, Abby was alluding to that, like this stuff. It's like, if you look at a fig tree that's being worked on or any sort of gardening and it looks messy. There's dirt everywhere, there's manure, roots are popping up. Like you feel exposed there's like this exposing of your heart and it's good, okay? 
I can't tell you how many times at from from the the pulpit or wherever people assume your motive or they they mishear something just give them a chance to clarify what they said and don't leave offended do you, when there's a group you know when churches are 600 700 for, forget 100 you can't you can't connect with every person like if if preachers or teachers or leaders spoke in such a way so as not to offend anyone they wouldn't say anything you can't say anything, right? Because then you have to be like, well, you say this, and then you qualify everything you say with the other side that you're saying. And Jesus didn't do that. He, he says, hey, you're, you know, he would make a point, and that's why in the scriptures, that's why people get divisive and argue over the scriptures. Because he says one thing, and then the next chapter he says is something completely different. And so people come over here and they stand here and they're like, no, this is what he says. And you're like, no, 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 this is what he says. And so this whole thing is not about, you know, let's just nail down what, what God's saying. Let's know God together and there's a tension. There's usually a tension in all of this. That makes sense? All right, let's hop in here. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying reading. Um, we're gonna We're gonna look at we're going to look at these kind of high level. Okay. We're going to, these four chapters, and then I don't know where we're going to go today. Um, anyone want to summarize the, the key points here? Chapter four? I, I do kind of want to go in order, and I want to show a little timeline a little bit. And, and create some context. Yesterday we created context for the power of God, the righteousness of God, and the process of salvation. Did that make sense from A to Z that it's not just this moment in time that there's this, there's this bigger picture of salvation? Did that come across? That was the main heartbeat for yesterday that God has promised his power to save you, spirit, soul, and body, so that you can be one with him. That's kind of the big picture of yesterday. If you missed, I think everyone was here. Um, and so today, I want to, if that's sort of the, the heartbeat, I want to give the, the context or the framework in which that salvation's played out. Because you probably left yesterday with a sense of, okay, that's great, but what do I do? Or how do I walk forward? Did anyone have that? Kind of like, how do I walk this out? So um, I'm going to do it this way. You see the, you see the chapters, that's fine. Um, we'll, we're going to do this like this. So... Someone tell me the difference between the old and the new covenant. Okay, explain that. You excited about that? That is like the cool, like that's like, <laughs> Honestly, I think I told like 50 people that. I'm not getting, like, does, I read it and was like, what? Well, I just kept reading it. Does everyone know what they're talking about? Yeah. No? Yeah. Thomas? I just didn't comprehend what it was about. Okay. Um, okay, what else? That's good. We'll, we'll unpack that. Keep going. I'm, just don't mind me. I'm drawing a timeline here. 
you don't have to raise your hand, just chime out. Chapter four, we didn't cover chapter four yesterday, that's why I'm, I'm doing four. And then five was uh, God as father, six was born again as a divine nature, with divine nature, and then seven was eternal life. So just someone, let's summarize, I want for the class that we're on the same page, summarize what we read, high level, high level, and then we'll, we'll kind of unpack it here. That's awesome. Very good. Anyone else? Chapter 4, chapter 5, God is Father. Chapter 5, I just really took away how much love there always has been and always will be. And like we don't have to strive for his gifts. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw it that way. Yeah. Did y'all did y'all catch that? That's like one of my favorite stories in the Bible. The prodigal, the the big brother who basically throws a fit because the little brother gets this party thrown for him. And the Lord and this is how I'll share how this came to me. I don't know if I put it in the book, but um this is the way the Lord deals with me. I'll open the word, I'll be reading, and he says, Hey, can I show you something that you think can I, can I show you some error in your thinking? Can I show you a way that you think about me that I want to, I want to challenge? Yeah. Okay. And he goes, and he goes, go to Luke 15. And I'm like, I I told the Lord, I was like, I've read this kind of like, Hey, just talk to me. I've read this. And he's like, no, 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 go read it. So I read it again. And, and I'm like, and he goes, look at the older, the older brother. And the older brother says two, two really awesome things that are, when you get it, you're like, ooh, I've totally believed this about God. He told his daddy, he's throwing a fit in the field. You all know the story? He's like just pouting in the field because this this injustice, right? He's worked faithfully all his years and he's never disobeyed a commandment from, from his father. That's a good resume, right? Served faithfully and never disobeyed. And he says this, yet you never gave. And he says, and the, and the Lord says, stop. He goes, he told me, he goes, you think that your service to me and your, not, and your, your obedience is to provoke me to give you something. He says, you think the more you obey and the more faithful you are to what I've asked you to do, the more I'll give you. The more open my heart will be towards you. And the dad looks at him and he goes, he goes, Dad, you've never, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. And the dad's response is so like shatters this paradigm, this thinking. He goes, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. He's basically saying that, that, that paradigm, that system of thought towards me 
does nothing to my heart. Everything I had was at your hands, at your disposal. All you had to do was ask me. But because in your mind you had set up this system of thought with me, this, 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 this wrong relationship, you were relating to me in error. It's basically what the Father's saying. You're relating to me in error, and you're relating to me in error caused you to receive nothing from me because you never asked. You weren't bold enough to actually ask me for what was yours all along. So as far as, because I think there's also like God like entrusting you with like responsibility and stuff. Hmm. Would you see that as like a different thing? Yeah, I think there's totally you, you stewardship and all that stuff. But in this relational context, he's saying, hey, Listen, you, you threw a party, you, you had a, a fattened calf, you blessed this, this prodigal son, how come you've never done that for me? And the dad was like, and he basically pointed and said, because of this thought system. You, 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 you inserted these hoops that, that I never put there. And because you never felt like you were doing enough, you never quite asked me. That's, that's essentially what he's saying because this guy's resume, the, the older son's resume, was perfect. I've served you faithfully all these years and never disobeyed a commandment. In our minds, if, we were to have, if that were to be our resume, we would honestly, with most of us, we would think, wow, there's gonna be an open heavens over my life. Ooh, man, I'm set up for success. And if something bad happens, you're like, man, that wasn't because I did anything wrong. It's just, you know, I've been, I've been faithfully serving. And I just think if we, can, if we can clear that out, and you know what, God's our Father, we've been born of Him, it's, it's a different ballgame. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We hope you are encouraged to live as a redeemed, powerful, spotless bride of Jesus Christ as you listened. For more information on our ministry, resources, and scheduled dates, go to braveheartministries.org or find us on Facebook.